0: The Athletic.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it is
0: showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. <laughs>
2: The Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name is Sammy James. This podcast is brought to you by the Athletic UK. And on today's podcast, we'll be talking about Fulham's emphatic victory over Coventry City at the Cottage as we move within a win. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Sorry, we'll be looking at Fulham's 3 1 defeat to the Sky Blues as Mark Robbins' side completely tore up the script. And today we're in front of a live studio audience here at the Half Moon Putney. You're sounding gorgeous. Okay, on today's first part of this podcast, a Fulhamish rookie who is hugely impressed on his full debut season with tactical analysis and well-researched takes. It's Mr. Dan Cook.
3: Hello, everyone.
2: <laughs> Next up, a Fulhamish stalwart who runs the website and somehow wins the award for simultaneously being the nicest and grumpiest Fulham fan in existence. It's Drew Heatley. <laughs> And finally, a man who has taken Fulham Journalism by storm. Tonight's reluctant special guest is the Athletic UK's Peter
4: Rutzler.
2: Were you uh, swarmed
4: by autographs as you came in? I struggled to get in, mate. It was, it was quite difficult. It was quite intense. Yeah? OK.
2: In part two, George Cooper will be hosting the questions and audience interaction with Izzy Barker, Farrell Monk and BAFTA Award winning star of this country, Charlie Cooper. Cheers! It should be lovely. But first, as ever, it's the Fulhamish podcast. We need to do some three-word reviews from today's game. Adam, please give us the best ones. All
5: good. So we've got, well, I'll say all good. It's pretty crap, actually. Um, <laughs> Jack Collins, we've got sent to Coventry. Apparently, that's a phrase I didn't know about until about today. Every day's a school day, kids. Um, Fulham Mike with Deja Blues. Gerard Ventum with definition of Fulhamish. Tom Bunce, one-man ream. Marissa Cardoni with outplayed, Outfor outclassed. Harry Simmons, blame the horn. And Richard Bamber, thanks for coming out. Incoming, subdued podcast. We'll try our very best to prove you wrong.
2: So throughout the show, we're going to be reading your comments and questions. If you guys in the audience want to get involved, tweet hashtag Live. if you want anything to be read out by our glamorous assistant, Adam, over here on the buttons. And yes, for those listening... We bought an air horn. (laughs) (laughs) I ordered it on Amazon yesterday. It's really good. (laughs) We can't use it. So it'll just stay there, lonely and sad throughout the podcast. Right, lads, let's do um, the debrief after what we just saw.
3: (sighs) Dan, a bad day at the office. It feels like they knew it was Fulhamish Live today, didn't they? Yeah, it was uh, prime Fulham against Coventry really, wasn't it? It was uh, exactly what we saw on the pissing wet lunchtime kickoff in Coventry and we just saw the same thing again. It was the worst thing about it today was that I knew I would have to sit here and be <laughs> really miserable to all of you.
2: <laughs> it is the most typical thing I've ever seen. I mean, Drew, um, Marcus Silva went with the midfield pairing of Reed and Chalobah, which worked in Middlesbrough. It didn't really work today, did it? It's the modern equivalent of playing one
0: up front 10 years ago where we used to, my dad would sit, sit there and say to me, why are we playing one up front? We're at home. Why are we playing an industrious midfield duo with no creativity when we're at home? It Just for me, it wasn't right. And I kind of, at that moment, I kind of had a sneaky suspicion, like we all did, that Coventry would set up and do us again like they did.
2: Yeah, I mean, Peter, Coventry have had a number twice this year and uh, the wonderful jack collins gave me this stat we've conceded 20 percent of our goals
4: this season to coventry city <laughs> yeah that it sums it up nicely that doesn't it doesn't it? i've just seen jack walk in with a pint and i could really do the pint after watching that game jack please <laughs> um, but no i mean it sums it up really i mean are they a bogey team haven't played them for 40 years rock up beat them twice could do with getting promoted and not seeing them again for another 40 I think <laughs> um <laughs> very similar I think that's the frustrating thing about today I mean a different game not as pissing wet as, as Dan was saying but um in terms of the way you know Callum O'Hare ran the show in midfield Victor as, you know I think bullied at times Tim Ream and Tosin um and that was disappointing. Good on the counter-attack again. And, and, and as you guys said, you know, you talked about the midfield, which was a defensive midfield yet, was, was wide open. Didn't, weren't able to play around it. And ultimately that's, that's cost them today. And was it a game for Seri? Probably would have been a game for Seri. I think we have, if you throw in Seri into that environment, then um, yes, yeah, more, more claps would be great. That's good to
2: around.
4: Thank you very much. A clap for John McHale um, Seri, yes. Um, but no, it, it, I think when you have Seri in that environment, um, against the team pressing as well as they did, they were so sharp, much sharp, I mean they played midweek that 's not can 't be an excuse either um you You want someone who can play through their press and and even in the reverse fixture up at Coventry, it was Sarah who came on at half time and well, sorry, that actually second half wasn 't good at all, was it actually so i'll i 'll park that <laughs> point um but no may, maybe it was the game for him I, not that I thought Chabur had a bad game, I thought Chaloba was pretty good. It generally I thought he was tidy I thought he, he won the ball I think the problem that Fulham had and may not have too many fans saying that but um, was actually just how open the spacing was between Reed, Chalaba and, and Carvalho um, and the players that Coventry put into those areas Allen, Hamer and O'Hare were, were just too much to, to deal with and Dan the first goal um, a set piece uh, a
2: corner to the front post flicked on it seemed all pretty simple and I guess the mad thing about that is I felt like Unlike what we thought we'd see with Marco Silva this year and set pieces, we've been pretty good at defending set pieces. So then to concede such a simple one, and it wasn't just that. I think Fulham could have conceded two or three from corners today. We, we looked all over the place.
3: Yeah, we, we were really weak from set pieces today. I think it was weird because usually that sort of whipped ball to the front post from corners, we tend to deal with pretty well. We often see like Mitrovic on the front post. He'll often be that sort of first cutout. On set pieces, but today it just didn't work. I thought we maybe didn't protect Marek enough in those situations, he was very much swamped in, the, in that goal mouth area. And you just need someone to say, Right, I'm getting my head on this, I'm dealing with this. And if that's Tosin, if that's Mitrovic, you just need someone to stand up and be like, Right, we're clearing this, we're clearing our lines, we're dealing with it. And it was a really soft goal to give away, as were the other two.
2: Yeah, um, drew the second goal. it was uh, Coventry away that was the the death knell for Paolo (laughs) Cazaniga and I wonder if uh, Coventry at home might be uh, a nail in the coffin for Marek Rodak he's been subject to debate all season and look there's a lot of people that like Marek Rodak and I think we were all happy to see him back in the squad but there is a certain Mr. Ariola that's residing in East London who uh seems fairly keen to come back west and uh, I think the the clamor for him to come back to Graven Cottage might have grown a little bit after that mistake it was a It's a bit of a stinker, yeah, I mean. Uh, Ariola, Ariola lives uh,
0: around my way and I'm surprised I haven't seen him walking his dog yet but uh, I'd love, if I did, I'd say, uh, I'd put an arm around him and say, <laughs> I'd say, come on, I'd say, oh, I, I would say, come on back because, Look, I mean, Marat Rodak, he is from the academy. You know, there's a certain amount of credit he's got in the bank, certainly with me. Um, but he's had a Western today. There's absolutely no way to uh, get away from that. He's, he's had a he's had a bad day. Um, but you forget, you know, keepers come into their prime in their late 20s, early 30s, and he's still a young keeper. And I don't think there's any shame in uh, helping a team get promotion uh, and then sitting back and saying, OK, I'm going to learn from uh, a goalkeeper like Ariola again, who he has... We'll have a relationship with, if we can get that deal done. If that's even something that's going to be around, I've seen Nick Pope's been talked about as well. But I think I think all of us fans, if we we're going to be honest with ourselves, would say we'd like Ariola to come in, if we can. Um, and and those moves should hopefully already be sounded out, uh, if on an unofficial level, if nothing else, because we know where we're going, we know where we're headed, um, and hopefully those chats have been had.
2: I mean, I felt like in the first half, he, after that mistake, he re- really wanted the ground to swallow him up. And for the rest of the first half, he just looked, he looks like, in despair didn't he really even a couple of really small moments like there was a back pass towards him where he didn't even go towards the ball and there was the moment with Harrison Reed where he kicked it out for a corner probably more Reed's fault than Marek's but it was just that lack of confidence suddenly was was you can tell it throughout the team because Marek was clearly in a in such a bad place
0: it was that moment that you said when Reed kicked it out where you can see Tosin you can see uh Rodak and 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 reed they're all shouting at each other and it's not something it's not dissension but it's not something that we've really seen this Season the way that they cope with uh, the pressure when it's all going against us, and you don't you certainly haven't seen it that much this season. And it was it was an interesting one. And, and again, it comes down for me, it comes down to age. I mean, what is what's Rudder? He's he's 22, 23, 24, you know, he's a young lad. And I think um, <laughs> <laughs> four five, six, I don't know. Can we find out? Can we cut that he's bit? He's 25. 20, okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I've, you went for three and still got it wrong. <laughs> He's got another he's got another decade ahead of him. He'll probably come into his prime in the next 5 years. He just, you know, it's a young lad. It was a tough day. Uh, you know, if you uh, if you struggle on the big stage, then uh, then he swallows you up like like when he gets his age wrong uh, three times.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a bad day for Marek and a bad day for Drew. I mean, Peter Fulham 2-0 down actually did start to create some openings. Mitro had a good chance. Niskin's hit the bar. But there's just something about watching Fulham when we're behind. where I have no confidence, despite having 28 shots today, that we're actually going to get back into the match. It is genuinely as simple watching Fulham this season. First goal, we win. First goal conceded, we lose. It's it's Our, our ability from behind, I know it was a difficult ask today. We just seemed like rabbit in headlights.
4: Yeah, I think, I mean, when we talk about the, the previous Coventry game when that ended 4-1 and the team sort of, collapsed and wilted I guess the, the sense was ah we'll see more of a reaction from the team and we have seen that over the season you know we have seen the team when they do fall behind they do respond they do have a reaction I mean even today I mean the difference is you had that reaction in the second half creating chances sure maybe there's a Fulhamish element there thinking it's not going to score but um but the, the, it's the, the live show now nah, I'll hit the bar here yeah. <laughs> 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 exactly so um but you Fundamentally, yes. I mean, it's, it's been rare, those occasions where we're behind. And I think when you look at the team and from what you hear around the team, they're not the loudest team. They're, I mean, you've got leaders in there, but they're, gen- they're generally leaders by example. So, you likes of Tim Ream or, or Tom Kearney or the players like that, Mitrovic, even Mitrovic, someone is, as you, know, you see him on the pitch, you see how vocally he is against referees and whatever. Generally, not the loudest sort of bunch. So, you want, you want to have people who can grab the team and pull them through those moments. And I guess that's the one lingering thing. The one sort of side moment is that my pint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on! Yeah, I know, so I know. I used to be on this podcast. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> that mate. Really yeah, 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 you're not wrong, no wrong. <laughs> wrong.
3: Yeah,
2: a yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers. That one, you left is juice. Thank you. Thank you, baby. Yeah. A brilliant cameo there
4: from Jack Collins with the pints. Thank you. As you were saying, Peter. Um, but yes, no, and am taking it back to the game. I, th- I still think we've seen the team grow this season in that sense. I do think we've seen them being able to respond. I mean, Silver afterwards was talking about the team being more re- needing to be more resilient, maintaining a strong mentality, a winning mentality, um, concentration, focus. And I think the biggest criticism in that first period was the extent to which they just weren't as aggressive as their opponents. They just weren't at it. They weren't on the same level as, her, as Coventry. Um, and and that's that's the major criticism. But th- there were chances today, and maybe on a different day, you know, Muniz takes a shot, it takes a deflection, and it falls kindly for more. It's into his space where he can save it. It's those kind of things that, that can go can go your way. But
2: yeah. yeah, Dan, the second half subs at half time. He hauled off um, Chalabur and brought on Decadova Reed at centre mid, um, which was a bit of a rogue one. Quite an attacking substitution. But actually, I thought early second half, it seemed to pay some dividends. We got a lot of, uh, got into a lot of good areas, particularly down the right. Uh, Nico and Harry, I thought, particularly were were impressive. And it worked, although I wasn't
3: massively keen on Bobby Reid at centre mid. No, I think it's one of those that worked because of the state of the game, right? Like they were 2-0 up at that point and they didn't really need to attack. So by bringing on Bobby Reed in that situation, you've sort of got free reign to just sit Harrison Reid behind everyone and just rely on him to try and sweep things up. We still looked incredibly vulnerable defensively on the counter-attack, but it did help us create chances. Is it something that he should be playing there regularly? Of course not, because you just lose all sort of stability. But I think we, we did start to create more, and it is important to acknowledge where we played badly, we did still create chances, and we actually created enough chances to get something out of the game that we didn't deserve which is promising in a way, but also for a team that's so clinical, we probably should be coming away with a point because that's what we've built our season on.
2: And look, you're quite good at tactics. Can you work out what formation we were playing once um, Nico Williams <laughs> came off? Josh Onema came on. Moonis came on for Cabano. I was baffled. I was like, we basically have no fullbacks. <laughs>
3: Uh, two centre backs and then just a load of people in the midfield I mean I I did put it in the telegram it was 3-1 vibes that was literally the formation it was just (laughs) 3-1 vibes 3-1 vibes it's a good formation (laughs) (laughs) we created chances yeah I mean it's one of those I don't like it in a way because it doesn't feel like there's much rhyme or reason it just feels like just lump players on and rely on them to make something happen. There wasn't really any passages of play there. It was just very much players playing in an ad hoc way of like, I've got the ball here, what's my next move? Based on where everyone else is, there was no sort of thought behind it. But it worked in a way, and when we got, we created a couple of chances, and the goal was a really good move. I thought Josh Arnema did brilliantly in that situation. A man who manages to run relatively fast while looking like the slowest man in the world. is <laughs> <laughs> really impressive, but he did brilliantly, and he, he got round his man, and he pulled a brilliant cut back, and it, it was a good goal.
2: Yeah. I mean, I was completely baffled. But as you say, we scored a goal. We could have scored a second one, Drew. But for me, it just feels very Scott Parker when Marco does that. He's done it a couple of times this season. He's just like... But maybe he was hampered by the fact that Nico did get injured and maybe he made a last-minute tweak to his substitutions. That was the only thing that I could maybe think that he did in that situation. He just thought...
4: He said afterwards he, he wanted to bring him off, so there is no, there's no logic behind it.
2: Right, no. So he has no excuses here. It,
0: it, it felt very uh, losing to your mate on FIFA. I'm just going to try and chuck on a load of players and uh, see, see if I can nick a goal back just to try and save the blushes, uh, which, is, which is slightly terrifying, to be honest, because, uh, you know, we're six, seven games away from, six, seven, eight, nine games away from uh, going back up to the very Premier good. League. And you know, what's the plan B? It's days like today are important and are good because it shows that we're not fallible and we are- We, we w- are fallible. Uh, sorry, we are fallible. <laughs> <laughs> we're not infallible. And uh, you know, we are we are in danger of, um, you know, there's sometimes it's not, uh, we're not as good as we think we are. So it's nice to have a days like this to remind you that actually there's a lot of work to do in, uh, in the summer. Uh, funnily enough, you know, I've been saying for a long time, half in jest, you know, Tim Ream can't be a centre-back next season, but he was not not a problem today. There are other areas of the pitch where we need to look at. um, And it's just just a good reminder that there's a lot of work to do in the next couple of weeks, months, years.
2: Yeah, I actually was going to come on to that. (laughs) (laughs) Decades, millennia. Um, I thought Tim Ream came out today with some credit, Peter. Was there anyone else that you actually thought put in an okay shift? Maybe Nico, I thought, was also...
5: Pretty yeah, decent. no,
4: you know, absolutely, definitely Nico Williams. I think he was probably a most effective player bar Fabio Carvalho, again, especially the first half, Carvalho finding those spaces, creating chances, trying to make things happen. But they keep trying to find Nico Williams in that sort of Trent Alexander-Arnold space where he's tucked in from the right and can whip those crosses in, and his crossing is fantastic. You know, he, he rarely misses his mark. So, yes... I, I thought Tim Ream was OK. I didn't think Tim Ream was great. I think both Tim Ream and Tosin weren't good today. I mean, there were moments where Ream was clearing the ball, doing well. But I think as a pair, they really struggled against Jokeras. Um, so it's hard, to, it's hard to pull out too many too many players for having a great shift. Um, I think my issue, just pulling back to the, the tactics thing, um, was just where Mitrovic ended up. And I think one of the big issues with Mitrovic under Scott Parker... Um, and was partly why they didn't really want to use him so much. And, and then it just got a bit worse and relationships weren't very good. Um, but was when he drifts into wide areas. And we saw that a lot. And he was sort of playing off mooners And normally when mooners comes on as a two, it's Mooners who's sort of dropping off. But when... Mitrovic has been great. We've seen him this season pinging those passes wide to Wilson, linking the play. Fantastic. But when you've got him on the right, there are a couple of times where you're seeing him dribbling down the right, looking for space, calling for the ball outside the box when we've got other men in the box. You know that's that's counterproductive. That's not where he's as, as effective. And I think when you get that sort of confusion, then suddenly you're looking at it and thinking, "What are we what are we trying to do here? What what what's the way
3: forward?" So, um, yes, that was my, my grievance. I just wanted to jump in on the full, our fullbacks as well, who have been key this season to way the way we play. We struggle against teams who defend really wide. So, you looked at Coventry today. As soon as our fullbacks received the ball, they got pinned. By the Coventry wing backs. And then we can't create those overloads out wide. We can't get the overlap or the underlap going. And we seem to not really have an idea of where to go from there. Often Anthony Robinson and Nico Williams are receiving the ball out wide. Getting pressed and then going back. And I think in that situation you've got to try and find another way of creating chances to put the ball into the area. Which is where we are dangerous. But we just didn't. And I think that was a problem until right at the end, but that's different because they sat back on their their six yard box and it lets you put balls in. They actively tried to stop it and they were successful.
2: Yeah. I'm also just not massively keen on the stick Moon is on. I just don't the pairing of Mitro and Moon is at top.
3: Has it ever worked? Really? I'm just not convinced it has. But, but this is where I think so we can all have a go at long ball football, myself included, but it is a skill there is like an ability and and you, you train it and you drill it about how you play long ball football to target men. And we're not a team that have that drilled, which means when we resort to that, we just think that putting a ball into an area from 40 yards out might create something. But there's a lot more to it than that. And I just don't think it works because they actually have no idea what to do other than Tosin receives the ball out wide and just drifts the ball to the back post. If you've got no one else around it after you win the header, it's pointless.
2: Yeah. Um, Drew, I just wanted to quickly touch on one other player who I actually thought wasn't too bad today. This might be unpopular, but Anthony Robinson, what did you think? Yeah, I thought second half he was all right. Do you know what? Anthony Robinson,
0: we we know he's had a a lot of criticism this season, but I don't think he was that bad today either. I think... you know, in the in the summer, is he someone who will probably look to to replace? Actually, I don't think we will. I think he'll probably end up having that that berth in the in the Premier League. Um, so it was it was kind of uh, nice to see. It wasn't the best, but nobody nobody had a great shift today. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was nice to see because he's got a lot of uh, he's been destroyed this season, hasn't he? Let's be fair, uh, on and off. Um, so yeah, it was great to see. Great to see him have a good game.
2: And um, lads, is it still when not if?
3: Oh, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> i told you in january when we beat bristol city it was when <laughs> all right well
2: we're going to have a break in a second but firstly over to the hub adam what are they saying over on uh, hashtag full, full Mish Mish live?
5: live so so far on the burnout we've we've got a couple of questions in um well, the first one seems to be and I open this up to the panel as well is there seems to be a lot of frustration between all the players today especially the defense is there anything that you guys see to this
3: i don't know i think it comes from a team that's used to winning Right, when you get into games, when you start to, you're not used to being behind in games that much, and things start to go wrong, people start to make individual errors, you start to point fingers, and it's obviously not a great thing, but I, I guess you would show that these players haven't given up, they're, they're still fighting for it, they still want to win every game to the end of the season. But I, I don't think it's a massive issue. I, I don't see a problem with a player calling out, you know, it, when, when Harrison Reed had a go at Marek Rodak, maybe confidence-wise, it's not a great thing. But in that situation, Marek Rodak should be showing for Harrison Reed so that he can clear the ball. And you should still be letting your teammates know that in those situations. OK, right, we're going to take a break there. In part two, George
2: Cooper is going to be taking over and answering some of your listener questions. <laughs>
6: Section two, thank you very much for everyone who's uh, got in touch with your listener questions. It's still time to tweet hashtag Live if you want to get involved. It's all coming up, it's all very technical, it's coming off of my screen. First of all, it is an absolute pleasure to be sharing the stage with one of Fulham's most loved, most cherished, most recognised supporters. Multi-award
7: winning. Farron Mark, how are you doing, sir? <laughs> What an introduction. I don't think I've ever had one like that
8: before.
7: <laughs> also, joined by sports analyst Izzy Barker. How are you doing?
8: I'm good, thanks. Thanks for
6: And BAFTA award winning star of this country, Charlie Cooper. Let's give it up. Give it up. Now, uh, I know the result didn't go the way we expected it, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to break rank. We're still going up. Don't marry Jot.
7: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Give it to me, George, give it to me. We're still going up, we're still going up.
6: So uh, yeah, Charlie, thank you so much for joining us today, mate. It's, yeah, uh, thanks for having it's me. It's a real honour. wanted to establish your Fulham credentials before we get it going. And uh, how does a boy from and Sister in the West Country end up supporting Fulham?
1: Yeah, it's a weird one, really. Um, as you can tell from my accent. <laughs>
7: absolute...
1: <laughs> I'm a Wurzel, I'm not from round here. Um, <laughs> Me and my dad, Fulham's not a family thing, obviously, but we went sort of randomly years ago when I was getting into football, and he sort of took me to Fulham, A, because you can sort of get a ticket easily. (laughs) And B, he sort of said, well, we won't get beaten up, so it'll be all right. And then it sort of, it was a midweek game, we sat in the Johnny Hayden stand, and as soon as you walk into that concourse, and then you go up onto the where the seats are, the wooden seats, it's like going back in time, it's a bit weird, but it's sort of, you fall in love with it, and it's, uh, f- there's definitely a, a uniqueness about Fulham, and uh, like a quirkiness I love, and it's sort of, um, it's stuck ever since, really, yeah.
6: Too right, too yeah. right. <laughs> We're also joined by uh, Paul Cooper, who's in the stands over here, Martin Mark, Mark Low in the show, Here he is. <laughs> the man who's responsible <laughs> for all this. Yeah, uh, we've actually had a, a very special gift from uh, listener Richard Smith is, there, is he I'm not sure if he's here this evening but there's a scene in this country for, for those who haven't seen it who aren't familiar with the show where Kerry uh, treats herself to a brand new England shirt and um, she, it's, it's a sort of knockoff product isn't it and uh, what, what's, the, what's the defect on the shirt? It's got four lines no wait what's the song called? Three line. Four lines yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Oops, should know that. Uh, yeah, it's got four lines when it's meant to have three, yeah? Is that yeah, right? that's it. Yeah. So,
6: Richard, I don't, I don't know how he's managed to create this, but he sent in a special Fulham version to recreate that <laughs> oh, moment.
7: Fantastic. So,
6: give it up for Richard Smith. We've got an FFC shirt with four. <laughs> 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 that is brilliant. That is marvelous
1: that sort of works what does the extra F stand for oh. <laughs> thank you that's beautiful I've
6: got a, a few a few Fulham questions just to uh, you know just to sort of break the ice a little bit Charlie so yeah. he's just quick fire off the top of your dome
7: yeah favourite Fulham player Bjorn Rundström hey. Whoa. what, any particular what happened to Bjorn Runstrom? does anyone <laughs> remember he, he went on loan to Luton and started approximately 100 appearances and scored 0 goals <laughs>
1: That's shocking. What is he doing now? Well, um, welcome to the stage. <laughs>
6: <laughs> we got AF frantically typing. No, Russia, sorry.
1: What, can I answer properly? Yeah, of course. Uh, Brian McBride. What now or old? Player? All time, all time. All time. Brian McBride. Weirdly, um, just because I've never seen a man with larger neck veins. Than <laughs> Brian McBride. He was just—he's ing- not, you know, a flair player, but he was just so good at heading the ball. And I was just abs- weirdly obsessed with him.
7: But yeah. That's not yeah. weird. It's not weird at all.
6: Really? No, I think we all had that obsession at, at one time or other. Um, Favourite Fulham kit? Um, other than the one that you've just been presented with.
1: <laughs> the, light, the Puma Light Blue dabs kit. Do you The one that remember. we wore when we beat Newcastle 4-1. Which yep. I've got on DVD, thanks to my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone else buy that? That was in a club shop when we beat them. It was weird.
6: Yeah, I remember that we to how, that. that.
7: shows how Timpot Fulham have been throughout the years. Exactly, that, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Favourite Fulham moment? Uh, oh, Wembley, got to be
6: sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we all live at Wembley? We all live at Wembley? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what a day, the white wall. It felt like we were like robbed of that during the lockdown, but...
1: Yeah, I remember that get... I think I just started drinking too early because I was hungover at half-time. <laughs> <laughs> and I... I think We didn't watch the last twenty minutes, did we? I just stood behind you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but ama- what an amazing day, yeah! Just to have it's bucket list stuff, isn't it? Seeing Fulham win at Wembley, so yeah, absolutely best Fulham away day. Um, love Norwich away as an away day, yeah. Because uh, my girlfriend's from Norwich, so it's sort of it's quite nice to go there. Um, but do you mean a specific game?
6: Yeah, it's just a day. in... in Sorry, I'm,
1: I'm messing this up a little bit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Norwich, I mean, going to QPR away
6: or Brentford away when we get results, obviously brilliant. But,
1: um,
6: yeah. Yeah, we had a good time in Swansea the other day, didn't we? We did. Everyone we encountered in Swansea tried to get us to stay in Swansea for longer than the away day. (laughs) They were they were just pitching us various tourist destinations like you got to stay you got to see the got to see the beach this is lovely. <laughs> did you only just get back then from Swansea? Yeah, it's been it's been quite the trip, hasn't it? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
6: uh, favorite Fulham manager?
1: I think it was Um I, I really loved Slav. I really did. Mm. There was something about him. It was yeah. kind of suave. He he was immaculately dressed and just terrifying. I remember one of the best things he ever did. Remember when Chris Martin refused to play against Reading, and he, in his interview um, post-match, Slav said, "Yeah, we are not a train station." Which I (laughs) thought was brilliant. So it didn't make any sense, but (laughs) there was something about him, and there was something about that season that was just so good. And yeah,
4: yeah,
6: it was good. Since Slav, I've got this theory that the Khan's have this recruitment process whereby they only hire managers that look like they could be on the front cover of GQ. That's the exact reason why we haven't got Cooper right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
4: here
6: he is. is. (laughs) What an earth are these? I used
2: to be on this podcast.
6: (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Just wanted to get that line in again.
2: Thank you very much.
6: Nice. Cool. Good to get on to the game now. So thank you very much for everyone who's got in touch with your listener questions. The first one is from Tom on Twitter. I'm going to throw this one to you, Izzy. Does Silva have an actual plan B when we go behind? And if not, surely that's a massive worry in the Premier League next year when realistically we're going to concede first more often than not. Is this something that has uh, come to your attention, would you say?
8: No, not at all. I think the beauty of this season and Marco Silva is the fact that we do have this strength in depth with our squad. We're not relying on these talismanic like players that are in the starting eleven. We can bring on players that don't necessarily worsen the team. And I do think he does have a plan B. Obviously, Marco silva has got a point to prove in the Premier League. You know, it's this unfinished business for him. And I think he does. I, I definitely I don't get worried when we go behind at all. I think He's proven that you know, he can improve the squad when we're, when we're behind and we bring on players like even Chalabar still to, to kind of, I don't know, he's still got a point to prove as well, but it, makes, it doesn't necessarily make the team worse and I think that's why we can do it in the Premier League because we aren't relying on just Mitro's goals or things like that. We've got this depth as well.
6: Uh, Farron, have you got anything to add? Do you think that our style of play is particularly going to change next year? When, and I will say when, we go up?
7: Um, not necessarily I think that um, much like Slav tried to do when we went up to the Premier League um, is try and play the way that suits our players that are going up the same way that Scott Parker did as well and I think to some extent it did work a little bit with both of them however it was quite plain to see how much we got outcoached today and that does give me a, a cause for concern somewhat and it's just a learning experience with a lot of these a lot of these players and a lot of this squad and I feel like you know I I feel like that we have changed this, this the way that we've played this season uh, under Marco Silva and I feel like that he will learn from it and hopefully we get a benefit of it next year.
6: right. Yeah, uh, I think the the sooner we can secure promotion the sooner we can start road testing a few tactics that are going to be you know played out when we when when we do go up. Next question is from Lucy Shamith. This is from Twitter. I'm going to throw this one to you, Charlie. So, a lot of times on the pod, after a game, when we lose, we say Fulham weren't at their best. My question for you is, in which game so far this season has we seen Fulham at their best? I mean, it's got to be the 7-0, isn't it? It's got to be, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, ama- it's amazing that's plural. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, well, what world are we live in? No, I was lucky enough to be there, the Reading one. And you sort of come out of the ground thinking, oh, I'm a bit annoyed it wasn't eight. Which, <laughs> as a Fulham fan, rarely, well, never happens. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, there was pretty complete performances. And Reading, I don't think they went the ten men. They were, no, it no was, they were just crap. Yeah, but, uh. <laughs> but that was just brilliant. And I hate Reading. I hate the fans. I hate the city. I hate the shopping centre in the, in, the, in the little... I hate the... The bus system in Reading.
6: Uh Yeah, sorry. Next question
1: <laughs>
7: <laughs>
6: is: He was there. Same answer. Was there a particular uh, standout performance for you other than the uh, the emphatic seven nils?
8: I think it was. Was it Holloway where like the pitch was awful? Um, it was like awful conditions, and we would got all the tennis scores. We got the six twos and things like that. And then we ground out this really ugly 1-0 win. And I just thought, that's a marker that we can do it in the Prem because it was this consistency. And we did it at Hull. Um, And, yeah, I thought that was a moment that I thought, this is a consistent team that can do it in the top flight as well.
6: So you're right, it all bodes well. (laughs) We're getting um, in from Tech. I think we've had a few uh, listener questions come in. Adam, would you like to... uh
5: so Elizabeth's been in touch and she's asked, how many goals slash points do you think we finish the season on? And when we do win promotion slash the title, if we do, when do we think that will be?
7: Foul. Oh, my Lord, I hope it is, uh, I hope promotion's next Friday at Derby. Who's joining us at Derby? Yay! See you there. Uh, because it's just going to be, there's a bigger way, there's a bigger way following there. Um, and uh, I just feel like, it's just going to be wonderful. And it could actually send Derby down, which for the uh, older fans in, who's listening today, that would be super, super sweet, considering what happened back in 1983. No, I wasn't there before Drew says, by the way. <laughs> Izzy, how many new
6: players do we need if we go up? Has the noise on the new keeper got to Rodak, do you think? It feels like a sort of never-ending question that's been ping-ponging around for the last three months, but I'm interested to hear everyone's opinion on it.
8: I think it's about just being really smart in this transfer window. Like we've we've done everything. We've thrown record amounts of money at a squad, it hasn't worked. We've taken out our best player like Mitro, it hasn't worked. So we just have to be really smart with our transfer system, but it has definitely got better we're doing so much better than the likes of QPR, Millwall, Championship sides like that that just haven't nailed their transfer system. You know, they they sign the old season pro and it doesn't work. But I think we've been really smart with players like Harry Wilson, things like that. Tying down Nico Williams will be really important. I think that could be An opportunity for us because of the Fabio Carvalho deal Um, the fact that happened with Liverpool has been a sweetener for them and they're really open to doing deals with us like Nico Williams in the future so I think that would be really good as well but we've got such a good squad we do we don't I don't think we need to make loads of changes and yeah just use what we've got at the minute because it's obviously working don't don't fix what ain't broke. Is that the saying? I'm so bad at saying, I call this podcast, so I'm so bad
6: at them. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, it, inc- we've got incrementally better with the transfer windows as they've got on and this will be the time that hopefully we absolutely
7: nail it and give us our best <laughs> shot. It's only taken Tony Khan, what, six years to get used to transfers, really.
6: Better late than never, better yeah. late than never. Just so quickly on the Fabio Car- um, on the Carvalho, Charlie, what's your quick take on it? Is it, thank God it's over, can we just all get on with our lives or are you a little bit more kind of? So, I'm not quite, quite ready to let go yet which is really really
1: sad but I think as a Fulham fan we're all used to seeing players that we love come up you know through the academy and break into the first team do well and then they get sold it's just a part of being a Fulham fan um but no he's I mean he's apparently by all accounts such a lovely lad and he's done so well this season it's been so nice to see um but yeah well I mean we've got a few games left to see you know what he can do but yeah that
7: was really unexpected <sighs> next question I mean, do you want to have a word with him do you want to have a word with him <laughs>
6: no I right we've got another question from the uh, telegram chat this is from Luke Wretch what are people's realistic hopes for the next three years at FFC So uh, dare I
7: ask this Farrell what do you reckon <laughs> Bloody hell. Um what do we have like a winning the Premier League song or anything like that? No, not yet. Um, I think realistic aims. You know, the the Premier League is way more competitive than it has been. Uh, you know, ever since the Fulham went up, however long it the first time around. 20 years ago, whenever it was. Um, It is very competitive as, you know, Fulham have got first-hand experience of it. I think staying up next season would be a massive positive just to stabilise everything. And as we've seen with other teams that have gone up, well, you know, when you look at teams like Leeds, um, yeah, they had a massive wobble this year, but you can see that they've been able to attract new and better players because they've had that sustainability in those two years. So if we stay up next season, then... Let's just go for mid-table mediocrity. I can't wait for it, that to come back. That would be lovely. <laughs> mid-table mediocrity. Here we come.
6: Here we come. Uh, We've got another. Uh, Charlie, just, just from, like, realistically speaking, yeah. right? Okay, let's not, you know, get ahead of ourselves. Within the next three years, if you could say Fulham have done one thing, what would you, what would you take? What would you be happy with? Other, do you know what I really
1: love? A nice little cup run.
6: Yeah, we've never
1: yeah. i mean obviously do yeah.
6: hear that enough these days
1: europa league but a lovely little <laughs> fa cup i mean an fa cup semi-final would be brilliant not to win it but just to get, <laughs> just to get there um or, or carabao
7: cup you know i'm easy whatever <laughs> <laughs> Our biggest can't be choosers i suppose it's amazing charlie I, I remember like when we were talking about the questions for you and that favorite away day yeah and i was thinking trying to think back to like some of my favourite ones, not to make this about myself, but, you know, it's my club after all. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like, I was trying to think, my first away day was the FA Cup quarterfinal away at West Brom. And it's amazing when I was trying to think, have actually Fulham got to the quarterfinal since then? I couldn't actually think of a single time apart from that. And it shows, like, how much of a cup run actually happens with Fulham so yeah a lovely cup run would be great
1: not to get Man City away (laughs) I
7: I almost cried then when we got drawn it's just so boring so basically the realistic aims of Fulham Football Club is not to draw Man City away massive what? next three years if we don't do that I'm happy (laughs) what what an
6: answer Uh, AF we got any more questions from the audience
5: yeah, we got a few in here. So, first one is from Stevie. Do you think Brentford's ground is built more from Kinex or Lego? <laughs>
7: <laughs> Legos, too, Lego's too prime, to be honest. <laughs> Izzy, you've been to Brentford, haven't you? <laughs> Do you like I, it?
8: <laughs> you're not going to hate me. Um, no,
7: for work. You're paid to be yeah, there. Yeah, yeah.
8: <laughs> I was saying to them I got a promotion at work, and I was like, oh, my God, that's, that's amazing. And they were like, yeah, but you come in Brentford. And I was like, oh... I've won, but at what cost, I think, yeah. But, um, no, it's awful. I went there today, and do you guys remember that, the stadium announcer that goes, and go on, Brentford, and he's, like, really roars into the mic. But someone actually, I think he, at, at halftime, he reads out, like, birthdays or something like that, and it was, like, that Bart Simpson moment. I can't remember what it was, but it was, like, happy birthday to anal bead or something like that. <laughs> And I was like, oh, small little pleasures. <laughs> yeah, just pure
1: knuckle-draggers, aren't they, Brentford? <laughs> knuckle-draggers FC. <laughs> oh,
6: dear. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> so I, don't know, I don't know. I genuinely don't know where to go Who, from that. Who's editing this
8: one? <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, does that go... On? Is that a we'll slide? <laughs> we, got,
1: we got any more questions? I'm going to get beaten up. From that is, um, it's a question...
5: Uh, George, and Charlie Cooper.
1: Um, what's the relation? I don't know. Dad, do you know
6: anything about this? <laughs> Have you been playing around? So, um, yeah, thank you very much. for It's been to uh, conclude this section of the podcast. Thank you very much for my, my lovely panel, Mr. Farrell Mugg, Izzy Barker, Charlie Cooper, and AF. Thank
2: you. You guys. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fulhamish podcast, Sammy here. And as you can probably tell, no longer at the half moon, Putney. It is the morning after and I'm joined by some bleary <laughs> eyes on a Zoom <laughs> screen. George Cooper, hello. Hello, mate. How you doing? Good, thank you. And our MC last night, Adam Carson. How are you, mate? Yeah, all good. Thanks, Sammy. Oh, what an evening um, at Fulhamish Live. We just thought that we would do a quick third part of the podcast just to round things off and uh, dot the i's cross the t's of the podcast a few things that we may have forgotten to do last night um but first of all while we're here george um you were on a pretty late one your instagram story told me that you were in tottenham court road at about two in the morning uh <laughs> were you joined by some of the other fulhamish people
6: yeah, I mean, all Farrell's
2: fault, 100% down to
6: Farrell. I got I got massively peer pressured after we left um the half moon and we were all obviously on a bit of a high because it was such a uh, such a such a great evening all in all and Farrell managed to somehow convince us to um to have a journey to uh, London's West End and uh had a, had a few had a few more drinks out. But um yeah, it was very fun. Um slightly cavalier, I'm feeling it today, but um yeah, what an evening all in all. It was it was it was quality.
2: At the time I was ruining my decision to drive yesterday and now I'm uh, feeling fairly smug about it because no doubt I'd have been peer pressured <laughs> into that too if I hadn't been uh, having to get behind a wheel after the podcast. Adam, how's your head? Uh, were you a bit more sensible than George?
5: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I had an early early morning work meeting, so everything was pretty smooth from there. But I've been on a high since yesterday, so it was a bit different presenting to clients today versus uh, presenting to the podcast yesterday for sure.
2: Well, you did an absolutely sterling job on the MCing. Thank you, Adam and uh, George. Certainly did. Very good work uh, answering the questions. And uh, thank you to all our guests last night. Uh, They're absolutely magnificent. Obviously, in part one, you had uh, Drew Heatley, Dan Cook, and the Athletic UK's Peter Rutslow. in part two, Uh, Izzy Barker, Farrell Monk, and then Charlie Cooper, as you heard there, who was absolutely hilarious. And thank you to all that did come last night. And obviously, if you weren't there, but you've listened to this podcast, I hope you enjoyed it. As much as we did uh, in the room and fingers crossed, George, we can do one or maybe two more Fulhamish lives next year. I see no reason why we can't uh, give it another go again and uh, give people that didn't get the opportunity to go yesterday another opportunity to uh, come see the live show. There's something different about doing it in front of an audience, isn't there?
6: Oh, the buzz! It was it was so much fun. Just so much, for a really good. You know, atmosphere and the crowd were fantastic. And yeah, thanks for everyone to come. And thanks to the Half Moon as well. The perfect venue, walking distance from Craven Cottage. And I will make it an annual thing at least. Definitely, it's, it's, you know, we definitely have to do some next year. It's gonna it's gonna be hard to figure out when will be the right opportunity to do one next year because I don't think it will be uh, the season will be quite as jubilant. But you know, maybe maybe uh, we the staying up live live podcast recording.
2: Fingers Part crossed. Yeah. I think, you know, to be honest, after, I was terrified when we lost 3-1 that no one was actually going to bother coming because they'd be too foul <laughs> yeah. a move to want to come to a live event. If, People still want to come see us live after losing 3-1 to Coventry, then maybe we're safe no matter what the result or position in the table. But yeah, maybe uh, people wouldn't have been quite so forgiving uh, for yesterday's defeat had it not been for our position in the table. So uh, one reason for coming back to do a little recorded section after the pod was just, uh, we forgot to name it yesterday and the excitement of the live show. And of course, that is a staple of what we do on Fulhamish. We take the best three-word review uh, and name the pod just because it's... It's live it's absolutely no different adam that was your job yesterday so what would you like to name the pod
5: i think we're gonna have to go with harry simmons blame the horn
2: Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, for the love of god We could also potentially blame my tweet yesterday. I don't know if uh, you guys have seen this, but um, a slightly uh, exuberant Sammy James tweeted at 11.04 yesterday, sun shining, Fulham Fulham back at home, Fulhamish live tonight. This is going to be a good Sunday. Yeah, this is entirely your fault. I mean,
6: it was a good Sunday. I mean, it was a great day all in all, despite despite the result. And
2: we're still going up, so, you know. Um, Also, those that were uh, there after the um, event last night, I don't know if I've got some sort of banning order from um, (laughs) the (laughs) Lower Richmond Road, but a lot of people people in the pub were asking me to play the air horn that you heard in today's episode. And despite a few very, very dirty looks from the uh, man behind the bar at the half moon, I did give it a couple of blasts. So yeah, I I expect to see uh, my face on a couple of police posters uh, around the Putney area for being uh, a nuisance.
6: You just look so pleased. Your your little face when you turned up to uh, to, to my flat before we wade over to the half-room Putney presented this air horn and just blasted it about midday. I could see a few curtains twitching like, what the hell is going on here? You did. Uh, you did get quite trigger happy with the horn. Didn't actually play it at, at the live event though. That was uh, I broke you blank, it. You know? yeah, yeah, I did. You I, could, I, I mean, I couldn't
2: resist. No, I I think it was okay when you played it, but I think if I'd have played it, I'd have got into trouble. I can't play the horn <laughs> when we lose. But fingers crossed, uh, we can play the horn after Derby on Good Friday. Uh, the podcast will return in the week uh, with myself, Peter Rutzler, and Jack Collins. Plus. Last night the half moon it's not in this episode we recorded a special live version of this all we'll catch on and All I can say is I think it was my favorite bit of last night. Um, This will catch on has reached new heights. It's going to be released in the midweek podcast. So there'll be a preview of Derby plus the live version of this will catch on. You do not want to miss it. It was one of my favorite (laughs) things we've ever done. So definitely uh, tune into the podcast later in the week for that. But for the time being, thank you to my guest for briefly popping on this morning. George Cooper, go get some aspirin
6: yeah i certainly shall alka is currently dissolving
2: <laughs> and adam go take a nap after a uh, a late night and an early start that's the plan see you in a bit all right thank you for listening hope you enjoyed the live show thank you for coming if you did and if you didn't hopefully you can make the next one come on you whites you